In today's episode, we speak with Danny Cohen, general partner at Viola Ventures, whose investment interests include consumer internet, e-com, and digital marketing. He serves on the board of Lucky Fish, Playbuzz, Pulse, Splacer, Mapilim, Deep, Plytrix, and Origami Logic. He was also on the board of Topingo, acquired by Grubhub for $150 million. Did you know Lytrix is evaluated for $15 billion? God damn it. That's awesome. You're listening to Strike Gold with Jonathan Kahn and Roy Provarchik, and today we have a special guest, Danny Cohen from Viola Ventures. Danny? Yep. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm doing just fine. I'm going to let Roy give a quick intro just to, because some people yeah. don't like to talk about themselves. So, Roy. Yeah. Go no, so, so, well, most people who come to the show don't have this crazy list of uh, companies they were involved with. So I'm I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna embarrass you a little just bit with like a great yeah, okay. Just so you envi- so, envision blushing, lots of blushing. Right. Now, um, before Viola Ventures, you were at Germany Ventures, okay. right? So, in your past, you have Adopt TV, which was acquired by AOL, uh, early investor in Outbrain, uh, Watchdogs, which was acquired by BlackBerry, That's right? Correct. Uh, invested in Minute Media and iView. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in the advisory board for Lucky Fish. Right, mm-hmm. PlayBuzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the board of play, PlayBuzz, yeah. Yeah, Splacer, right. a great company. Deep, another great mm-hmm. company. Uh, uh, Origami Logic, which was sold to Intuit, right? right? And Topingo, which was acquired by uh, Grubhub as right. well. And you have, and you also invested, of course, recently in Mapilim, and of course, Lightrix, which right. is one of like the biggest Israeli B two C case studies yeah, yeah. ever. Um, and I just want to add this because I know this info and I think everybody should know this as well. You are a Pearl Jam fan. That's correct. I even have a tattoo. But, uh, oh, really? So, yeah, I do. I do have a Pearl Jam tattoo on my, oh my foot right over there. Yeah, yeah. I see the... Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It is, it is, yeah. It's, I don't think it's... All these things, you know, I don't think it, 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 it settles well with someone who's 50 years old, you know? What, what having a yeah, I mean, no, the whole Pearl Jam thing. It doesn't, you know, it just... Uh, no, it I, kind of, look at Roy. He's covered in tattoos. I, Some yeah, of them yeah, are yeah, promises that, that, that but, he doesn't but, keep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Roy's 25, you know? Yeah. When I was 25... But he's going to be 50 at one point. We hope so. You know what? I take it back. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Well, I hope to be 50 someday, actually. That's good for me. Like, not ever being 50, that's the dramatic answer. That's that's all I want to achieve in life. (laughs) Uh, I think it's the other way around. I think, like, the uh, the mess up thing is to be 50 and not have a Pearl Jam tattoo. Meaning, like, you kind of have, like, being sold into the, everything has to be sad now. Yeah, right, exactly. there's, a, there's a thing no, about. It's, it's a, I have the vision that I want to be a serious person. That's what I want. That's my my. I want to be someone that is treated seriously, and that it's not working out. <laughs> I'm, well, listen, I was very impressed with the Obey T-shirt. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, I was yeah. like, wow. I came to the podcast and I said, I got to bring an Obey. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you guys, it's, you're gonna like uh, drop yeah. it down for right, our right, level. Right. <laughs> Just so you know what you know expectations here. Yeah. Um, that's that's a big question being taken. I think like I would imagine a lot of big companies take you very seriously um, I don't know about that I hope so uh, or sometimes I hope so you know there's a fine balance right yeah. it's uh, it's uh, you want to be taken seriously of course yet on the other hand you want to be you wanna, people need to understand there's humor in life and there's right. uh, also can't. it's too hot to wear a suit the interesting thing about also about and you yeah. look at this list and some good companies some bad companies is that uh, 
you can't take yourself too seriously because in venture capital, a lot of it is you want to say that you're so smart in investing in some great companies, but there's a lot of luck involved. And right. that's part of not taking yourself too seriously is that understand that it's not, it's not all about who you are, but also kind of uh, how things worked out, right? Yeah. 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 I guess it's true because when you invest, so sometimes I guess everything can seem like it's on the right track and then you invest in somebody and then it just doesn't happen for like billions of reasons. Um, like there's more reasons for not succeeding than reasons to succeed, um, I guess. Um, a lot more. A lot more yeah. reasons for not to succeed. But uh, I'm thinking uh, of a banana peel. I don't know why. I'm like thinking of the smallest little detail of that one person's day where he slipped on a banana peel and made the wrong decision. And it's like, shit. Do you imagine? This is what That's you what imagine. I, a banana peel. I don't even know if people somebody's... actually fall. How many accidents are really related to banana peels? I, I know. Wait, wait, <laughs> was it? That's it. You know, I thought about the exactly same thing the other day. Really? Like, how did that thing actually happen? What? Like I think one guy was, slipped on it. And there was yeah. a massive issue with banana peels. Well, so people were like day, throwing people, banana yeah. peels on yeah. the street. Have and, you ever and, seen and, Mad Men? People used to litter like crazy. Just, uh, just people were throwing banana peels. Yeah. Yeah. And smoke all day. We'll be smoking in the podcast right now. Yeah, exactly. We need to be serious for a moment. Exactly. So I think that one of the most interesting things in this list is that a lot of these companies are B2C. And I think that um, I'm, I'm going to hype the brand right now. You are one or the only or one of the only Israeli investors who's interested in B2C yeah. and investment. Why do you think that is? Yeah. First of all, I'm not sure I'm the only one. Definitely the most good-looking one of all of them. <laughs> yeah, we right? So I want to mention I did that, you know, want to be clear about that. Right. Um, I think, look, I think the reality is uh, it, um, there, there are a few investors that uh, look into this market, but it, um, what we understand in Viola, look, for our business, what's important is big, big outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we think that the way we're going to return money to our investors is if we make, you know, truly billion-dollar companies. And it's uh, – you can't or just build – or you can't build a portfolio that has big winners in it if you don't do something in the consumer side. If you look at all the big, big, big stories um, in Silicon Valley, a lot of them are consumer-related. And uh, I think the the hit rate is lower, so there's a lot of risk involved in consumer uh, deals. Mm-hmm. But if you hit one and you hit one well, it's definitely out of the park. So uh, that's why we do it, because we, we are looking for that extreme outliers, right? Right. Um, so when you have two companies, one is like more B2B focused, one is more B2C focused, how does your brain work differently when trying to assess them both? Yeah, well, you know, it's amazing. Um, I think um, uh, one of the, the biggest differences in B2B versus B2C, on the B2B side, it's very easy um, to say, I don't understand this because I'm not a consumer. Um, I will ask five customers what they think. The list is not that long, right? You, you right. know, a company that has maybe 100 customers, enterprise customers, is a big winner. So I'll ask five. If they love it, I'll do it. Makes a lot of sense. So you're not biased so much, and you really are listening to the customer. What happens in all consumer deals, and so many investors do that, is they hear the pitch and they say, hmm, I would never use this. Hence... No one will use this, or yeah. I love this, hence everybody would love this, right? We have that, that tendency to apply to um, um, on others what is because so much. If it's like B2C, good. then you feel like I have to be the consumer for yeah, like, B2B, I, you say, I, like, I, I you might can't. not be the, the ideal, exactly. but here I have to be the I have to be. And, and, right. I, and I think um, 
um, I joke that I invest in things that everybody understands. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, if we, we do a deal in quantum computing, nobody knows nothing about quantum. So right. you say, you look at the pitch and everybody's, you know, just kind of staring at it and no one has anything to say, right? We don't know shit about it, right? Yeah. We're supposed to consumer, right? If you invest in Mapilim and you, it's right. a shampoo and, uh, and, you know, facial cream, everybody uses shampoo. So, um, you know, I'm an expert, right? right. Um, so I think, I think, to, to look at, at uh, and it's related to marketing, to look at every consumer deal from the data, right? To look at it mm-hmm. from an analysis on the marketing analysis and understanding what the opportunity is versus applying kind of your own gut feeling on what right. is right and what is not is critical for success here. How do you go about that? So I think it's a great question. Um, and first of all, I think we are also improving all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're, you know, we're doing now things better than we did a year ago or two years ago. I would say there, there's one when um, um, it's already launched, right? There's already launched. There's data. You can look at cohort analysis, which is critical, you know, right. repeat customers. You can look at, at information from the company and, and look at their data. Um, that's some, you know, a lot of times that's a great indication, not always, but that's a great indication. If there's no data, if it's a pre-launch company, much more difficult, <laughs> a lot right. more. But um, then you can say, look, you know, maybe you can do... An, an online trial and uh, and see a little bit kind of uh, uh, what people react or you can ask the company to do some sort of a, of a test process or sometimes you can say look this is a market I truly understand that needs to be disrupted um, it's a big market anyway right and uh, we'll go after that um, after that market right there's, there's a question I think that is interesting because when you launch a new product doesn't matter if it's a B2C or B2B your initial traction usually is not good that's correct. Because you're, you're just basically starting the race into, towards product market fit. And it's not just about acquiring. It's about in, increasing retention. There's so many moving parts there you have to get right just to start the edge of your hockey stick. Like, if, if, even if you're the most experienced one, you know how to do it well, it's still going to take you usually like a lot of time to get to that point. And one of the debates that I hear a lot is, should I go and try and raise money? Before, before or after launching the product? Because before, it's how you said, like, well, the market is interesting, the team looks good, but uh, if you launched the product a month ago, it's like, oh, where's the data? And then it's like, yeah, we have shitty data because we launched a month ago. First of so, all, I think you should raise money when you can. So if you can raise, raise money before launch, absolutely raise money before launch. I think for most people, that's just not possible. Because <laughs> I think, in this, especially on the consumer side, I think to raise money before launch you have to have some sort of uh, proven expertise in some sort of a market. Look, at the end of the day, I think investors want to find some point of excellence, where you want to find something that you can attach to and say there's a risk reduction. Risk reduction comes either from a team that is, it's, you know, proven itself already, right? So if right. you have, you know, uh, you know, if the Lightrix guy, you know, sell the company for, you know, 15 billion, which is what we expect it to happen, right? And then uh, come back to start a new company, they'll raise money without doing anything, yeah. right? Because right. they're proven, they're amazing, they're, you know, they've already uh, uh, showed that they're phenomenal. If you have not a proven first-time entrepreneur, you need to show uh, um, data. You know, that, that right. was true even, by the way, for Zuckerberg, right? You know, Mark Zuckerberg went to raise money after he was live in five campuses in the U.S. and getting unbelievable traction. But right? I, I think the investment market and the startup market was very different when Facebook started. You know, first of all, absolutely, right? You know, uh, uh, that's true. Um, also, yeah. also, there's a geographical thing. I mean, I, I think that if you are starting something in an area where you do have more connections, let's say this way, then it's easier than when you start with no connections. So, for example, like, 
if I remember correctly, and I might be 100% wrong on this information, I'm, like this might be might be wrong, might be lying. <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, like, but for example, like if you, even if you look at Facebook and Instagram, right? So Kevin Systrom was supposed to be like the eighth hire at Facebook, and in, like from an interview I think I read with either Kevin or or, or Mark, they kind of said that this entire deal was kind of finalized like over a barbecue or whatever right yeah, for, first of all um i don't know okay. and, uh, I was so yeah so everything i'm saying right now is fact everyone can yeah guess yeah, on this one yeah so yeah. Think, if there's you guys gonna be a poll in the end of this podcast if, if you, you think roy's lying if you guys <laughs> yeah. if you guys don't know that i want to check what i said this is 100 percent true <laughs> i've <Yeah>. been there <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. no i was invited for that barbecue yeah, i just couldn't make it i had a bar mitzvah that did that we had a podcast recording vegan exactly it's supposed to be right now and i had this podcast and I couldn't, no, but, uh, but what, what I mean is that I think that there's a lot of different things that, you know, if you know, like, the book uh, Outliers by uh, right yeah, of course. Yeah. So, this, I think this, it's also one of these things. I don't think he came to this saying, I'm going to launch this MVP, I'm going to pitch it. I think he literally just wanted to play around with, with this oh, product. Oh, by the way, I, I think that's true. Look, um, you know, we, 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 we always want to plan things, and, and right. a lot of things, I mean, you look at some of these companies, they reach success um, very different than what they initially uh, right. planned, right? So, um, I absolutely um, agree agree to that point. I still think that to if, if, a, if a first-time team comes with an idea, um, it has to be unbelievably phenomenal um, to invest in it if they have no execution. Right. Some execution needs to, to be there to, to attach to it. Um, so I would say um, it would be great if you can raise money pre-launch, but in most cases you have to do it post-launch, right? And I think right. then the question is, if you look, since it is hard to have get everything right, what it is you can um, uh, optimize on that shows success. And I think... It, 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 there's no one answer, but something in that, um, as in you know, new customer uh, uh, or retention or low churn or or you know, great core. Something needs to be there that you can say, you know what? Here's a point of excellence in the data. Right. Now we can work on the other stuff, right? Yeah, like this looks interesting enough to explore. More. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's uh, you know what? Now we're doing a deal right now um, in the women's fashion. Uh, space you know haven't you know haven't announced it yet but it's uh, one of the amazing things there is, is the courts right is that uh, you look and unbelievable like you know women over and over the same you know come in and, and you know um, buy just over and over and over again you know, unbelievable point of excellence right you now right. now amazing like high retention exactly very high retention right for so consumers. I want to ask a question that okay I think I, I, tell me if it's like too much because like for example, Mapilim. First of all, Jonathan Karen is a really good friend of mine from okay. oh, way like ten years, yeah. twelve years ago. His beard is way nicer, nicer than yours. Yes, he's it's yeah, well, you know, it's, so, it's you know, he's well this point, and he's yeah, invested yeah, a lot. You know? yeah. he's invested a lot in that. Yeah, he's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's his product yeah. must be working. Yeah. Wink. <laughs> that's the I actually brand. have the first uh, trial that he ever did of like an oil yeah. because I was actually working with him at Wix at the time. And he was just like playing around with it and whatever. I have the the first vial of it in my house. So. Um, so this is like a completely non-techy brand. Absolutely. Right? Like with people who have a great tech mindset, I think. Okay. Like, uh, I agree. But so how, how do you, like how do you see this? You have this and then you have like a company like Lytrix. So for you as a VC, how do they both kind of co-live in your... So first of all, um, one, one big differentiation is there are products that we call digital products and products that we call analog products, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think uh, Lightrix and Lemonade are examples of what we call digital products. The, pro- the, the whole process in Wix, right? I mean, the whole process starts and ends um, on your laptop or on your mobile phone or that's it, right? I mean, it's not, games are like that, right? right. You, you acquire the user, the user uses the product on and finishes the whole experience just on your screen. There's a great, uh, um, there are a lot of advantages in that, uh, mm-hmm. but there are also some disadvantages, right? Um, usually on competitive and going into the market and so on. Um, uh, Topingo and Mapilim and others, they operate in an analog world, right? At the end of the day, there's a real physical product that needs to be shipped and people use it and feel it. And, uh, you know, as much as we want, uh, shampoo is never going to be a digital shampoo. Right. right. I don't know. I, th- I don't think so. Uh, uh, who knows? It's approached tomorrow by the digital shampoo company. Exactly. exactly. This, we got all these great ideas coming up here, right? Uh, so, so that's one one big uh, differentiation. Right. But I think that the question about technology, technology. So, um, again, if you look at Lightrix, and I think it's it's, it's a great point to to, out, to um, explain. Lightrix has a, a lot of technology in the product itself, where Mapilin doesn't. Right. But. Lightrix also has a lot of technology in the marketing and creating the amazing unit economics. And the same mm-hmm. thing applies to, to Mapilim. So the technology part in this is iterating fast, leveraging the data, you know, reiterating again, trying and trying and constantly working on the unit economics and on, on the funnel. And when that works out, that, that's a tech play. And this is something that tech companies do well and non-tech companies cannot do. Right. Well... I'm, th- I'm thinking like online e-commerce and stuff like like e-commerce and stuff like that. Yeah, but the big difference on e-commerce is e-commerce used to be a few years ago, right? We would start a, a product and we would sell it online, um, maybe through Amazon, right? So right. Uh, if you are if you are again put Amazon aside, but if, you, if we start a company now that sells somebody else's products, right? Then we have a margin issue, right? Because we're giving away a lot of our margins to the product mm-hmm. creator. I'm, I'm thinking more like marketing who sell online, not not just like reselling yeah. other stuff. So like they 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 run a lot of campaigns. They do have a lot of data that they collect. Yeah. They can use and iterate as fast right. as uh, Lightrix can. Again, eventually within the product, it's different. Obviously, you think they cannot. Iterate no, I think they can. It? Yeah. They can. Okay. That, that's what, what, I'm, what I'm saying, like the physical versus the non-physical. Yeah, but, but in some ways, uh, they can and they can't, right? Because at some point, uh, when there's a... Yeah, somebody uh, bought a product. Somebody home, bought a product. You, you kind of, there, there is a... You got to ship it. Retention. You got to wait. Yeah. You got to no, use it. think about retention, even a retention aspect. If I now have a, fee, uh, a digital product mm-hmm. and you're using it and I see that the, you're about to finish your time and I change a feature on there... You get to have that immediate feature. I, totally if I turn around that. and I send you a package, and I say, "There's a." If I uh, forget to put the coupon in that says five percent off on your next buy. No, but I. Really but I. No, but I think I think that you can easily. Well, I wouldn't say easily on anything, but but I think you can kind of say, "Okay, this bottle should sustain, in average, a month of use." So I know I should run a campaign to this user within twenty-five days. You know, what you're saying now is unbelievably difficult. Of course. Unbelievably difficult because people use uh, some people, you know, fill their own hand with the shampoo and use it and finish yeah. it in three days. And some people are, you know, just don't wash their hair, you know. No, but the, no, but, but and that's actually true because in the sense you can't really know if they're. No, so if you, you come too early, you're greedy. 
If you come on time, you're fantastic. You know, somebody told me about Dollar Shave Club. Right. That there are a lot of users that you know these packages come you know just come back too fast, right? And at some point, right. you know, you guys can't relate to that. You don't shave, but yeah. uh, okay. uh, imagine who does. No, <laughs> exactly. When you're fifty, when no, you're no, fifty, you fine. shave. I'm sure. Right. Right. Yeah. I it's like right. every day, every yeah. day. <laughs> right. Um, and. Uh, no, the You're big, saying there's too the, many the, wages? Sorry. No, no, the sorry. big difference is between me and my dad, my dad shaves seven days a week. I shave only five days a week. That's, that's already right. an impression. And you guys never shave. No, no, that's never where we're it's going. It's a new generation. Exactly. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, so yeah, I mean, you, you got a time. You got, on the subscription side, right, unlike in games or unlike in, in right. digital products, in, in physical products, you got a time. Um, um, you, the yeah. whole delivery. By the way, you know, when we were in, uh, investors in Topingo, one of the interesting things about delivering your food, you know, people want their food to arrive on time, not early, not late, but on time, right? When you right. think about it, it kind of makes sense, right? But when you say the delivery is going to come in one hour, you don't want it to come in 20 minutes, right? Yeah. Maybe in, in if you wanted there, that, you're you want to be there, you okay, yeah. it's going to be one hour, I want to take a shower. Hour, yeah. I, I, yeah, you want it to be at the time that was, uh, was uh, expected. Right. So I think these make the whole analog uh, part a lot more, uh, a, a lot more that difficult. What Domino's Pizza? Oh, the whole idea was the fastest to your house. Yeah, but I, 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 I think now everybody's point. doing what they're doing right now. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not. I don't think it's a, it's a leverage. Yeah, the anymore. window, by the way, initially was very small, right? Because there's no way it's going to arrive after five minutes. So it was basically it was kind of twenty to thirty minutes. Yeah, that was it, right? Yeah. Only in Israel, by the way, they said in the U.S. it was get free pizza if we're late. In Israel, yeah. it was like five shekels off if yeah, we're yeah, late. Exactly. We're always late because they're yeah. always late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it's hard, but um, it like. I wouldn't say it is possible, but um, it's harder than to do it with a digital product. But there are ways that you can kind of maintain oh, that absolutely. relationship. But I think it goes back to something else, which we we talked about, which is again, um, these companies can succeed if they have a great understanding of their data, right. right? And they collect their data, they 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 can analyze it. They have analysts that really look at into that data and can provide unbelievable insights. And insights come from data, not from gut feeling, right? Right. You, you don't say. Oh, clearly people would love it. It's like if for some reason uh, this prod, you know, this shirt goes with this shoes, although it's unbelievably ugly or doesn't make sense, but that's what the data shows, then that's what the data shows. Yeah. And you use that data, right? And and that's one big, big, big difference from Mad Men that right. we talked about versus this, right? Is that um, you, you collect the data, you understand what it says, you iterate based on it, and you do it as fast as possible. You know, it's interesting because we, last year, we did this episode about um, uh, Super Bowl ads. And one of the, and for me, when I look at Super Bowl ads, I think this is the most non-data aware ads I don't think that's true uh, I don't know I always look at it and I just I, I never get it that's Again, the truth if you go too heavy into the data when you're doing one of these kinds of branding ads right you end up with the Pepsi ad which was the millennial uh, just like just every single stereotypical belief about millennials and yeah. it became this huge so, thing so but by the way that's not necessarily bad if you look into Nike every time they do something that's very edgy and supposed to be like provocative they get amazing sales even if people on the news are trashing them the whole time yeah. there's right. like a whole bunch of stuff like that but so I wonder because Nike is 100% data oriented I think like well not not 100% <laughs> but, but the thing is very data oriented but I think they also have like a lot of gut fitting into what they're doing look I, 
at the end of the day, everybody has a gut feeling, yeah. right? I mean, it's not, we can't take that away. And, and I think it's important, right? It's Because uh, yeah. what is gut feeling, right? Gut feeling is basically a lot of your experience and things you've done before. And, right. and uh, I got to tell you, there are things that uh, I feel very strongly about because I have, unfortunately, scars on my back about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, dumb things I did, right? I never did dumb things, by the way. It's just, it's, it was, it's just, I don't know why I said that. Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> it's... Um, uh, but but I but I think first of all the big difference is that what was in the everybody uses data. Parker Gamble is amazing about data, right? But those right. are not tech companies historically, right? And they they lived in a world where data was different than what right. it is now, right? And all this direct to consumer brands is there is the is how fast you get the data and the fact that you own the data across the entire uh, food chain, right? right. Uh, all the way cycle. from the production. To the marketing part, to the usage part, and back to the. Uh, There's also, by the way, you know, and I'm sorry to say this because a lot of people, specifically in Israel, will kill me. But sometimes you don't read the data correctly. Sometimes you're missing uh, a, a thing. I, but that, that's that's There's the different that's the big thing because reading. I, if I have a gut feeling and I have, I again, I used to sit with the most amazing data person at Wix in the same room for like I think it was six months. We sat there. And every time I had a gut feeling and his data went against it, I would try to find what is he missing in his data because something's off. There's a, there's a chart. So my my oh. mom was a, a statistics professor. Oh, okay. my God. I thought he was going to diss me, but it was my mom used to make assumptions, too. And like I thought it was going to be like statistics. I'm like, okay, okay, we're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. My mom said, no, no. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> my mom said, you're wrong. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what am I going to do it's now? Like, and I always ask mine. Uh, you know, so uh, she, you know, she, one of her best lectures in, in university was, you know, how to lie with statistics, right? And, right. and uh, absolutely, you can use data um, to tell you the yeah, wrong story. Human beings, they also and, feel and, and, and they you know, want to look, go One thing directions. we joke about when we do diligence is y- you can you can totally totally manipulate your own diligence to tell yourself a story that you want to hear. Right. Yeah. Of Absolutely. Oh, uh, um, of course, he's Jonathan. <laughs> isn't Roy an amazing guy? Well, you know, yes, but ah, thank you so much. You know, thank yeah. you, and uh, there we go. Right, and I got all the, all I wanted. Right? Yeah, it's, and, like, uh, it's just hanging up right there. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's like how you ask. You, it's like uh, so. Would you say this was a really good podcast, or was uh, do you, or did you just enjoy listening to this episode? You're like, oh, I wanted to. It's like fine. There's no. Wrong. I really wanted to do that in our survey. Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> but, but do you have any thoughts about the podcast? Things you'd like to improve, and they're just like immediately yeah, closed. We would like, like, we would <laughs> Like, we would we would really appreciate voice that stops lying. You know, yeah. we can't. Mean, this whole <laughs> like, thing is too much. There. This Instagram yeah, thing, no, 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 barbecues yeah. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but so I think a lot. Okay, so there's a very interesting thing about the data thing because there's a there's a good chart that says like that that basically um, maps out like different types of like things you know you know things you know you don't know. Things you don't know you know and things you don't know you don't know. You know this chart? No, I feel like this is a t-shirt you own. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I am uh, <laughs> doing affiliate marketing for this podcast right now. No, but so I think the gut feeling comes with this. The things you don't know, you know. And when you say like, I can find this in the data, I feel that it's right. Sometimes it's those kind of things and then you have to kind of dig into the data. But as you said, very but as you said very correctly, is that first of all, you can get almost any information you want from the data based on how you query it, right? And you can say like, uh, our, 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 um, our sales up and then, and then start cutting through the data. And then yes, for men between 25 to 32 who buy brown t-shirts, 150% up from last month, we're killing it. Put that on the slide. Everything else is down, right? <laughs> but, so you can always play with the data. But I think, I think the magic happens when you 
when you really intertwine between the data you have and a little bit of gut feeling. And that's where the edginess comes from. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I think, as we said, right, it's, if it was all in the data and the data would have shown everything, that everybody would have been just amazing, right? right. It's not, or data analysts for a profession. Yeah, but, you know, one thing we did say, we, we, we did talk about, you know, before we, we started the recording yeah. is the fact that how many companies are really good in collecting the data, right? So we kind of say this, oh, of course, data, that's easy. We kind of right. went through that no, point. The hard. reality, it's super hard, no, right? No, but there's it's, also two parts. It's one, one there are companies who don't collect the data, don't know how to, and, and and they're trying to or collect or organize it the right way. Or there's ones who don't know. And this is again what I find in companies is that I find there's they're missing that one person who can interpret the data into real words that people can understand, so that they become actionable items that marketing mm-hmm. teams and other people, sales and product can actually use. So that there's two sides to it. There's yeah. one that some people just turn around because they know they need to collect data. Because who doesn't know you need to collect data? So you just go, I'll collect everything. But they don't have the interpreter to actually make that into action. Well, that's, that's hard. But, yeah, but I think it goes a little bit to who you know. What is who's the marketing guy in the company? You right. know, and uh, and I think uh, I think marketing or the background of marketing or green marketing people. I think that role has changed, and I think um, that they're called growth hackers now, mm-hmm. just because one because it's just you know rebranding marketing, which is nice, right? So who wants to be a marketer when you could be a growth hacker? It yeah, sounds, sounds a lot really more good. like uh, awesome, you know. <laughs> Exactly, right? No one's looking at you, Roy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, you put a beard on, you got yeah, some yeah. tattoos, yeah, and then it's like awesome. I mean, in my SQL, I can query that shit. <laughs> exactly. I want to do a research on, uh, sorry. Uh, but the, uh, the, the, the point is, is I think in some ways, um, in, in you see in companies where the marketing guy is has a tech background or is, you know, a computer science guy or, or actually gives a big advantage, right? It under, you know, has a better understanding of the right. data, has a better way of collecting the data, and really looks at it from a more mathematical, scientific way versus that creative part. Now that the creative part is not important, right? And and uh, uh, you want to have creative people that will create amazing Super Bowl ads, right? But it's amazing when you have um, um, a t- you know technology-oriented marketing team. Yeah, for, well, because they actually work with the data better. I guess, and also I think I think people I see this. Uh, we talked about agencies before because we have like uh, like I have a a, a mar- like a growth marketing agency Absolutely. called Sardomayo, but I think that a lot of the time one of, one of the first things that we spotted in the industry was that usually the marketing agency or the marketing side does not work with the product at all or is not aligned with the company goals. So usually what you have and, and looking at older or still marketing agencies so they kind of have to show you the green lights on the, the metrics they're measuring but they're not measuring the right thing to begin with and they so you know it's like uh i think seo companies are like the, the worst because they just so yeah there's like tons of organic traffic they're like hey is this converting whoa 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 whoa, whoa. we yeah. didn't say conversion you're ranking number one for this word that's what you, that's what i signed on and and there's still and and it makes sense first of all they don't have um the skills to understand deeper into the product and what their ranking actually means for a product or what their campaigns are doing for the lifetime value of the, of the user they brought. They just want to see the conversion and that's where they stop. But also I think a lot of companies are still very siloed in terms of like, oh, the marketing people, no, 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 don't mess with the product. And then like the product is like, hey, I just build features. And they don't talk to each other. And that's where everything gets I, I, really I, fucked up. Look, I, I totally, totally agree with that. Um, and uh, we see that, again, uh, uh, I think um, 
Lytrix, and also Pulse, a company you didn't mention actually, which is a, a, um, a phone repair and appliance repair company, and okay. how they do, they do a phenomenal job, right? In in um, making sure that the the product uses the data and that the iteration is very very fast, right? And the close connection between um, the marketing department and 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 uh, and the product product team. I think I think. Um, you know, we, we, we point that as point of excellence. I think the reality is it's mm. it's just that it's a must-have. It's it's almost like the... the Combining product marketing. Yeah. Days. I mean, it's just... it, it yeah. Without it, I think you're just not going to be amazing. You know, you're not right. going to be great. And... Uh, uh, um, and I think this is this what makes great consumer companies is when they have that that really strong connection between the product and the marketing. Yeah. So um, when you look at teams, at founding teams, or come to you with like a product, they have some... Good, some good data points, good retention, maybe good acquisition. I don't know, uh, like a spark somewhere there. What would you like when you look at the team? What do you hope to find, or what guides you? Wow, uh, it's getting tough now with the questions. Yeah, yeah <laughs> this exactly. is like where you play pool and it's like, <laughs> oh no, I can't win. Danny. Let's make it over a hundred dollars, <laughs> and then you kind of yeah, become exactly. a good pool player. Um, <laughs> no, but in the, in the same sense, uh, my my. I, like I was looking at the as Roy was asking I was like let him just curve it to the way I want it so I don't even need to ask the question and then he was like he went a little bit different but I was also going to say like how involved are you at that point looking at a cons- at the B2C in their marketing like do you look into their marketing and say who's the person who's the marketer for this company what is going to be the plan or is it more like again because I'm used to Israeli companies where it's also mostly about the tech they don't come with a CMO to these meetings. Yeah, but but hold on. I mean, that this is exactly goes goes back to that point, right? Is I um, there's what is tech in a direct to consumer brand, right? What is right. the the tech, right? Again, look, we, we talked about Lightrix as an example. Tech, there's a, there's a tech part of creating the amazing technology product, right? Or a gaming company. There's someone that creates the game, but there has to be someone that knows how to do the funnel and the marketing, right? And no, and that person um, is a key part of our, our our investment decision. In some ways, you know, if the company doesn't have a spark in our marketing. Um, it's extremely hard to succeed, right? Oh, right. Lightrix is I one think, of the most amazing marketers. Yeah, no, you know, Lightrix was, was uh, you know, um, one thing about Lightrix, I looked at Lightrix twice. Um, I missed the first time, and because uh, I was truly just an idiot, and I, you know, kind of um, did it again a year later and, and went to the deal, thank God, right? And and one of the things is that they are amazing on so many fronts, right? Both on the on the product right. side, tech side, uh, marketing side, biz dev side. They're just good at all of it, right? Which is which is extremely uh, unique. Uh, but the fact is, is that, um, again, uh, I think this uh, fashion company that I just mentioned, I think they have something on the marketing side that is unique, right? That, that is different. Um, that is, there's spark of excellence there, or there's something that is just not you know, just buy ad, you know Google Ads using an agency. If you buy Google Ads using an agency, I think the future is very unless you have an unbelievable product market fit. I mean, your just product yeah. is just amazing, which is not true for most companies. Then it's just not good enough. Ah, uh, there's so many there's so many things I want to ask you based on these last this last one minute. Um, because one, you said you said no the first time. You looked at them again the next year, and then you said yes. What changed your mind? What was the difference? Wow, I, you know, I, I I think memory is blurry at this point. <laughs> uh, I, I think most of it had to do. To be fair, it wasn't it wasn't them; it was me. Okay. Um, I, you know, I 
I wasn't. I think for, I wasn't convinced a hundred percent that this market, um, okay, you know, kind of photo editing, can really create a huge story back then. And I when, was when was it? Uh, when like uh, so we did the, we did the deal 2015, in two thousand fifteen, right? Um, and I I could have done it and missed it in two thousand fourteen. Again, mm-hmm. they didn't raise at the end in two thousand fourteen, right? No, they, they they try to raise as late as they can in the game, right? No, absolutely. I mean, look for, from, I mean, they they try to raise late and they try and they did a great job in building unbelievable assets uh, by bootstrapping, right? Uh, I, which which that strategy worked for them beautifully. Beautifully. Right. Which right. is interesting because you actually see them, what you said, like you want to see the spark. So this is a company who said like basically, yeah, we can kind of uh, manage on our own. No, because, right? because let's, let's t- to be completely they fair, were betting and Zev, and they Zev were the CEO, talks about it. If they would have started and raised money pre-launch and come and say, hey, we yeah. are four, uh, you know, PhD students from Hebrew U, um, and we're going to do an app that does facial editing we want to raise five million dollars? I don't think I, I think no one would have taken the meeting. I mean, seriously, right. I don't I don't think. And I think they they understood that. And what they did is they basically built it on their own, and they hit unbelievable product market fit with Facetune, right? Which was just right. so. I, I I met them the first time when it was Facetune. I think it was like a Microsoft event, like way back. And I think the people who were most excited about this were people uh, who were doing kind of AI or doing starting to do like all this. They were more into the graphics and more into understanding how did they get that, um, mm. uh, and and the business side nobody was like really into it. I think at the time, um, you know, and 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 I th- I think if I remember correctly, <laughs> might be lying again. No, but I th- I remember the conversation. There's a theme here. No a barbecue involved yeah. in every one of his lives. It's uh, <laughs> no, it was it was a barbecue and Zev was there and, you know, <laughs> and Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg yeah, was, was amazing. There. And I was and, and, Ga- and Gandhi was there. He was not vegan at the time, by the way. No, um, no, but I remember the conversation was around that. This was okay. So this was a. I'm, I don't remember the exact year, but I think it was a time where everybody was betting that if you're going big on uh, on, on on AI and in photos, you're going to get acquired really fast. Right. That that was like the conversation around because I think Google was making huge steps towards it, and then it was a, I think it was a period of time where all the companies around were starting to purchase but companies. That, but that was exactly. Look, I think right. that's another that's another point, and it goes a little bit um, back to. Uh, you know, how we structured the deal and so on, right? But one of the things we talked about when we invested, and again, it was later in the game, right? But was that we're not building this for a tech acquisition. We're building this to be a business, right? And it's, right. it's a, I mean, you can do a deal where you say, I'll put in at a, you know, 5 million valuation and hopefully get acquired by, you know, 70 or 80 million by mm-hmm. Google. We're, 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 you know, again, our business is built on holding, you know, Meaningful equity in a company that's worth you know a billion, two, three, and so on, right? right? And to get to that, I mean, there's so few examples of, of tech acquisitions that was um, yeah they get to that they get to that valuation. Well, um, how do you call it? the uh, uh, the VR um, that uh, Facebook uh, uh, Oculus, Oculus yeah right that was a you know tech acquisition for billions right but in general that doesn't happen right um, so the idea was to build a business around it right and, and right uh, that, that that was a, a leap of faith there but but again I I, I want to go back to that to that. Yeah. to that uh, point of, uh, of marketing excellence, right? And marketing uh, technology and the fact that f- since day one, 
they had um, a tech guy build the marketing, right? Mm-hmm. And Nir, which is just amazing at, at this, he's not a marketing guy, right? He didn't work at, uh, you know, in a marketing agency or he right. just approached it completely from the scientific part, right? Now he's good at all of it, right? I mean, on the, I mean, and everything. But it, it grew from a, from a tech side, not from a marketing side, which I think right. is very interesting. Yeah, because you're really results-oriented. And results, it's not... It's not Emotionless or dry results basically means that what you did worked versus I think a lot of marketing people come from the, oh, this is cool, let's see if it works versus the other way around. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like you'll push over the, the cool versus uh, working efficiently. Yeah. Their ads work amazingly. Lightrix yeah, but again, ads. they work amazingly because they iterate on them. Yeah. Right? And, uh, I, I downloaded Lightrix like at, at, at different times over and over based on different ads because, like, oh, I need this product. For different times. So, but but uh, you know, again, I, I think now we're at Pulse, which I mentioned, we brought a VP of growth. Again, someone has a product and tech background, right, right? and did amazing things around that and the connection that it had with the product team. Right? Right. So, so I think I think this is this is a key success factor, and 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 a lot of people don't understand that, and that also ties to something which we also have we have to talk about if we yeah. talk about consumer investing is unit economics, right? Right. And uh, and. Uh, it, the true analysis and understanding of your unit economics, and uh, which is you know very simple thing, you know how much does it cost to uh, you know um, acquire. Uh, acquire right, and what's the overall long term value uh, of the user right, and put everything um, into that, and uh, and to understand it, you know is this uh, you know is high retention, low retention, um, you know is it uh, are the you know is the acquisition extremely low and very efficient is is and understanding that um, is critical critical in every time we talk to. Uh, um, yeah, because you can literally not plan anything ahead, you know, scale, like to scale anything if you don't know those numbers. Yeah, I mean, also I think you got to look and you got to say, look, if your business, um, you know, if you're a high valued item versus a low, you know, low value, right? Right. Um, you know, if, um, if you're selling a product that is, you know, ten dollars a year, right? And yeah, you got to have a, you know, want to get to a billion dollar. Uh, or you know, hundred million dollar revenue, right? That's you know, you need ten million users. Ten million users is not easy. Not easy at <laughs> not all, easy. right? You know, um, again, when we talk, uh, I, I keep you know going to that example, right? But we you know, in um, on this women's fashion thing, the there there are ladies, right, that that spend you know, you know, thousands of dollars a year, right? Okay, so you got you know. I mean, economic, right? You're 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 looking right. at a lifetime value, which is substantial. The cords look amazing, right? So, okay, we have now. Okay, what is the acquisition side? If the acquisition is ten times what you know what the user value is, let's understand how this is going to go down. Right? Which is also something Lightrix did really well, moving to the subscription-based. Yeah, but, that, but to be fair, again. Um, uh, we, we talk a lot about it. You know, they had great timing, right? And the great timing right. is, and uh, is that Apple came out with with consumer subscription, right? Right. And and there, there's a window there also where I think, and I still think that's true. Is I think a lot of investors talk about B two B versus B two C. Look at they compare consumer subscription to um, SaaS, right. and those just behave completely differently, right? So. What is when we talk about subscription? On if you've got a SaaS company that's churn, you know, churns fifty percent of their customers a year, that's a disaster. Right? right, it's just a disaster. If you have a consumer subscription business that's that's retain, retaining fifty percent of their users, and I'm I'm on purpose using the you know different side of it, 
That's a, that's amazing. Right. That's just unbelievable, right? And and I think to understand what is consumer subscription, and also, sorry, I'm, I'm going on a, no, on no, a no, long. Go, 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 go. There's a difference. There are products where in consumer subscription where churn is relatively low, right? For example, um, your phone, right, or your TV. Maybe you're churning because you're going to your competitor, right? But how many people don't have an yeah. active phone subscription? Ongoing, right? Something that you you have from now till eternity. Again, maybe competitive issue, right? They're products that, by definition, you no know, games. Again, they're not, but you use them for you know a period where you're in the game, right? I mean, you, you all, I'm sure you both of you had a, a time where you were like in Candy Crush, right? You're like totally into it, right? Months, two months, three months. At some point, you're you get tired of it, right? You churn, right? Right. Uh, that's fine. That's totally, totally fine, right? As long as we understand that, we analyze unit economics, we understand yeah. how long you're going to be, and make sure by the by the, by time, the time when we turn, got you, when we got you, we nailed, sorry, you got we the, <laughs> got the most value. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it's like, no, okay, if he's going to pay for six months, then how do we get the most money exactly. out of those That's six why months. I think that Fortnite is a genius product, because they actually find... <laughs> They find every way to continue you from Dude, season they're, to They're season genius season. in terms of brand. They're fucking selling toys of no, 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 no. But hold on, hold on. No, no. Before that, I think Before it would be, oh, be, be fair. I think they did, again, it's a combination of unbelievable um, monetization. Right. But also um, unbelievable product, right? I mean, they, right. They, 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 there was a great product market fit. And there are so many things there that um, are talked about, you know, uh, again, maybe it was luck, right? But a lot of things in the way they created the product experience, I think, were 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 amazing. It's based yeah. on trend. You have a lot of based on trends, which mean that it continuously gets mm-hmm. updated. You have a lot of the, the the selling structure of how they do everything. Every once in a while, I'm playing with my son, and I think to myself, "Wow!" Every, every so once in a while, you let every your day. Son, you, you, <laughs> you let your son every day, play with it. He's like, well. "I have homework." I'm like, "Get over here! We got Fortnite." Um, <laughs> exactly. No, but we. But I look at the your thing son go, has a bright future. Yeah, no he's going to be phenomenal at Fortnite. No, but we look at it, I look at it and I go, wow, this is so great the way that they're, they're like my kid is wants to buy meaningless things that add no value to the game at all times. The the way that they keep you on, the, the numbers that they put there that you would need to have to be able to get to the 100%, get to the best place. Yeah. It's all perfectly situated. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. So, 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 so that's so that a point of, sorry, uh, yeah. uh, short advertising. Uh, just mm. uh, So... Um, because you know we, we talk about uh, consumer, we're big into games as well, right? We we've we're, we're we've done one, we're doing now another one, and uh, gaming is something that is also high, which is also different from some other VCs, right? One of the reasons is is I think games, the economics there are just amazing, right? And one of the great things about games is that you actually need a very very low amount of money to understand if you've got product market fit and if you got if unit economics work, right? Why, like. Because no, like the like what? waiting for it. Like that's no. I, I first I don't think the internet really waits for anything. What? No. No. If, if you excited. come, no. If you're excited for anything that comes out that it's, that's relevant to something, they can they can. No, but yeah, but I think it's like a movie. No, but it's like yeah, you but you put out a poster. Or do, fake but poster do you know? But do you know how many movies go out that nobody cares about? It's not, it's not like no, when you. I'm put, not saying I'm not saying that it, it's easy. All I'm saying is that when games work. Yeah, you know they're that they unbelievable. were. Okay, that, okay, and, yeah, and with that know, I agree. Unlike their business, look, Uber, you got to spend yeah. billions for, for that thing to work, right? Um, I mean, you know, the, these scooter companies that we look at, they are burning cash 
like crazy, right? Right. In games, it's relatively cash efficient, right? So you can get a lot of information on working or doesn't working for a you know, small amount of money, okay. relatively speaking, right? Even that's going up as well, but not as much as other... Uh, because bre- because we're breaking... about games that like, like the farmer thingy and all those, right? We're, what kind of games are we talking no, about? No, I think... I'm just... No, because I'm saying like The, no, the Witcher th- and stuff like that, these games where you buy like a PlayStation game, which has like a... You play the game and then it ends... No, but but we're talking. Yeah, I think we're talking about, about more initial state. We'd like to see if the like game Fortnite works. is a game that's ongoing and continuous, and it's like you can keep going from season to season to season. You, yeah, I, I think like, we're, we're, I think we're talking about a uh, game. Not I mean, again, what's interesting I think is the monetization where I think you can get virtual goods and you can get a lot yeah, more yeah. out of the player. And I think right. um, uh, uh, again, there's I think also a lot of it's a d- digital product. There's a lot of technology involved in making these products uh, right. uh, amazing. It's hard to make games win. It's hard, but when you do, yeah. it just it just you can create these. Um, 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 there's a company in um, uh, in Israel. They got the tiktaids. Yeah, I need to think. That, um, it's fine. I'll edit it after. We'll edit, we'll edit it out. It's okay. Okay. No, no, Shalmuli. Moon Active, Moon Active. Uh, Well, now we say it. There's a company in Israel, Muli's company, Moon Active, right? They did one game, didn't work that that well. One game didn't work. Then finally, they, you know, hit it completely out of the park. Uh, From a financial perspective, one of the best performing businesses in Israel right now. Right. But I think think it's hard to penetrate the market with a game. Like, if you don't have, like, I think you, if you really want to go into the market and win it over, you need to have a lot of marketing money, you need to have a lot of partnerships. Uh, I, you know, I, I mean. Yeah, I, I know, I'll, I'll, I'll position this uh, discussion, okay. wait, ag- okay. against, like, the, uh, the music industry discussion. I remember, I had a record label in 2007. And I remember everybody there was saying, yeah, you don't need the big record labels anymore. See how many indie artists are making it big. And a lot of these indie artists would make it big once they got the attention of a really major label. Like Arcade Fire would never be Arcade Fire without, I think it was 4AD picking them up. Uh, You know, it's like like Lily Allen was big on MySpace. Yeah, but then kind of, I think Warner Brothers kind of, like, got her deal. So it's not like, I think games are kind of like the same. You can get some kind of attention. Maybe mobile is different. You know what? Maybe mobile I, is different. I, I don't know about that. You know, I, I don't. Who created Fortnite? But I, you know, again, I've been, really we've been talking you. about uh, game investing for quite some A lot of people have opinions on that, and I could be completely wrong. I just want to yeah. say that it's another area on the consumer side, which we think there's just a massive opportunity to make. Again, <laughs> It's easy. Just you know, invest in a game that works. How simple is that? Yeah. Right? No, just just choose a good one. That's it. Yeah, exactly. By the way, our our uh, um, our current strategy is we invest only in successful companies. It's amazing. Yeah. Good companies, right? <laughs> it's just it's been working for us really well. Yeah, it's just choosing like we exactly. we, we reverse just, engineering. We just, I've decided yeah. to just make only right decisions. Uh, yeah, yeah right exactly. <laughs> I got that too. That yeah, too. That too. It's been working amazingly well for me. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, like I got out of the shower and I was like. That you know what? Thing. That was a mistake. That was the thing. I was letting myself make mistakes, but yeah. I should have just made a decision not to <laughs> ever make one. Um, but I, th- I think that with... Okay, so here's an interesting thing. Usually, I think when people talk about consumer products, they think that the go-to market is really expensive mm-hmm. because to reach scale... So how from from the investing perspective, or when you, again, you said like, you look at their marketing team that... When you go to B two B, a lot of the a lot of the money is usually spent on product. I think a lot like it's okay for no, no wait I don't want to reposition wait I want to reposition the the idea because I was going at it. So 
Usually, when in Israel at least, most companies lead with their tech capabilities, not marketing capabilities. A lot of them like treat like the CEO is God, the CMO is like you have to yeah, you get somebody who's going to get like the lowest out of the C-level pay grade, and at the beginning, they're going to do everything by themselves. That's like the strategy for a lot of te- like a lot of startups. Mm-hmm. Um, and when what you're actually well, yeah. yeah, I'm about to say that, but when you get to a, sh- a shampoo, no, I'm not, I know, but no, we're, but because we're not just talking about shampoo. Like no, 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 I know, but it's like that's an interesting. But perspective well, your your perspective on this is, for me, something that I rarely hear in Israel, which is like you're saying, yeah, like the marketing needs to have some spark there, but I, but a lot of so how how do you when looking at the Israeli market? where there's a lot of really tech-focused people who can build the most consumer-side product, but they come to you with no marketing at all. They just build the tech. It's amazing. If everybody sees it, they'll they'll fall in love with it. But uh, they did not invest one minute of marketing. Uh, Look, I... Why do you think that is, that's number one? And do you think it's changing in any way? I think it absolutely is changing. And I think... uh, um, I don't know. I I wouldn't say... um, is it true always? I think there are definitely companies that come with lacking point of excellence on that side. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I agree with you that there are companies, let's take cybersecurity as an example, where the whole idea is we build a company and we're never we're not we're gonna sell it to someone else pre like with you know one million dollars of revenue or something. Right. Then I don't know, marketing is not critical at that point. But it, on and on, on the consumer side is just it's it's not feasible at all. Uh, so I, I, I think they all come now with consu- with marketing strategy. I think the question is, is it differentiated enough? I think the good news is that there are a lot of people, especially that uh, in Israel, that understand uh, growth hacking and good online marketing because they worked at 888 and they worked in, in Playtika and they worked in, in some of these companies. So that that's the good news. Um, I think the reality, and this is why Google and Facebook have introduced both uh, some of these programs now, where they try to teach people how to do better marketing because I think there's still a gap in how good you use a platform to find people that really know how to use these platforms in the most efficient way possible. It's still hard. Right. It's still hard. I guess um, to answer the question, um, I, I think that um, there still needs to be an upgrade in the quality of marketing people, but we're, we're definitely in, in, in a very, very uh, uh, good shape and there's some excellent marketing people in Israel right now. Yeah, so... Um Okay, so do you think this? I think this is a question a lot of uh, startups or a lot of companies are struggling with. Do you think it's possible for an Israeli company or an Israeli marketer to market uh, to the U.S. in an efficient way? I I don't even you know I I think I, I really I think there's these sayings right Israelis are not good at no right? it's not it's not good at, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why I'm saying this because I think as Israelis we just don't see a lot of the marketing that a lot of the companies are doing. But, but hold on a second. You know, um, I, I, I wish I had... There are now examples of companies that are doing unbelievable products that start out in all different countries, right? They're not... It's not like the Americans are winning everything. You know, um, SoundCloud had its ups and downs, right? Mm-hmm. But it was not a, an American company, right? Spotify was not an American company, right? Um, it was just on the music side, right? Um, there's an amazing company out of Australia, right, called Canva, right? It's a $2 billion yeah. company in the in the space that's, you know, kind of adjacent to Lightrix. And, and there are so many more examples. I think it's a global market. In the global market where, where you have the data in your hands right now, where we're so much um, 
um, exposed to what is done online, I don't think we're at a dis disadvantage. Even though we're not seeing everything that is being done, I really don't think I, that's I th true. I think that I think that we're just coming from the from the marketing side. I think there's a lot of things that we are not aware of that are happening in terms of marketing partnerships. In terms of you know, you know, in Israel when you talk, you know when, what you, I think he, wait, what, when you what talk, he's saying, which I'm I'm getting is that your question is balanced between the gut feeling of marketing and the data. No, he's it's saying it's if we're in Israel, I think that's no, but, but it's if we're in Israel, we need to focus more on the data aspect. Yeah. Here's here's what I, I, I always tell companies, and there, there are two different questions. One, should you start in marketing in Israel, and only then, after you get initial uh, traction, go to the U.S.? Best example, Waze, right? Start in Israel, got traction, then went to the U.S., right? In general, although Waze happened, I've decided, right? Even, you know, it did kind of fool me a little bit. I'm totally against that. I think marketing in Israel gives you bad gut feeling, right? right. You market, you get initial traction, you learn things, and then you go to the U.S. or you go whatever market you go, and you got to unlearn what you learned because it's different. Right. That I totally agree with, right? Can't, do you have to live in the U.S. in order to market in the U.S.? Look, it's great if you do it, right? I'm not saying you shouldn't, right. but is it a must-have? In the beginning, I actually don't think so. I think you can you can you can get a lot of insight, mm -hmm. even though look, the best thing is to start in the U.S., live in the U.S., and, and so on. By the way, the problem with that, and I want to say that as well, is that if the three of us now arrive in Silicon Valley tomorrow and say, "Hey, we're here. We've come to the best place. We're you know we won't get any talent, right? The best right. marketing people that live there are not going to come work for us, right? Right." I mean, for us, they will come to work, right? But yeah, for yeah, others, like for, for the it's, other, it's, it's us, yeah. you know. It's a, the average Joe. Isn't the, it? Uh, exactly. Yeah. No, so they won't come to work for us, and and um, so actually, it's better to start in Israel, market to the U.S., learn that, try to bridge that mm -hmm. gap that you're talking about, which is a gap, but you got to bridge that, and hopefully get insights through the data, through maybe going out there, being there, and so right. on. Um, by the way, to, to interview your customers today, which is critical, right? Talk to your customers, right. understand what are they doing. Number right? one thing. Yeah, right. You don't have to be there, right? I mean, you're, you're going to call them. You just, you know. I'm, I'm thinking, for me, I remember when Monday did the billboards thing. And everybody in Israel were going berserk over like, uh, they're spending so much money on billboards. This is so weird. That's like the, the, the noise around. What do you and, mean, in New York? No, in Israel. Ah, okay. Um, but if you go to the Valley, if you go to New York, a lot of the startups with Red Capital are, are physically... Doing I, yeah, it's, you know I, I actually I think it's that kind of thing. I think it's a show off. No, of course it's a show no, off. No, I think the one done in Israel is more from recruitment. Yeah, it's HR. Yeah. It's, it's HR, and I think the one the ones in, in the valley is also for HR, but also is to kind of the say, yeah, I'm one one one. Hey, you know, I'm yeah. here too. You know. Yeah, but 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 again, like first of all, I don't know if it's efficient or not. I don't have the data to say. If it's I efficient don't have it either. But uh, the entire Anyways, the entire of the idea of going from online to offline in your marketing in the Israeli tech scene is almost non happening. Like I can I remember when do you know cops? Do you know uh, CUPS? Like they had a coffee yeah, subscription. Yeah, yeah, of thing. course, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lon Ezra, I think, was the founder. Yeah, yeah. So when they launched, I'm just seeing the show in my head right now. <laughs> what you gonna do? Sorry, <laughs> but with but with coffee cups. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coffee mugs running, uh, running around. So. They, they, they're better. They just put out a bunch of posters saying, like, a new coffee experience is coming. Text us if you want to, or download, whatever. And that brought in a tons of users. Like Where? In Tel Aviv. They, they, yeah. Wait, no, what? They, I'm talking about the idea. I'm not talking about long-term New York, etc. I'm talking about the idea of starting your marketing 
for a tech company to go, or for a startup to start it offline, here it, it, it's almost non-existent. Okay. First of all, um, I, um, I agree and I disagree. Okay. I agree because it's your podcast and I have to agree. <laughs> nice. That's, good. Is, uh, <laughs> that's all we expect from all of our guests. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think um, as it, every company has its own story. I'll give you an example. Topingo, mm-hmm. right? Topingo was, was marketing through colleges, right? Their initial marketing was all offline, right? What they did, right, think about it. It was a very condensed um, situation, right? They were marketing to students in the major cafeteria and campuses, right? They put signs, physical signs, in the campus. It was unbelievably efficient, way more efficient than anything, right? right. Because you want to go to food, you go there, you go, ah, Topingo, I got to use that, right? Worked ble- beautifully well. Can you do that at a large scale across the U.S. for a product that's for general public? Probably not, but again, case by case. Um, years ago, we had a company called Virtual Tweens, right? They uh, they had a product in Israel, and if you remember this, called uh, um, Ecoloco. It was like a virtual uh, world game. And yeah. You know what they did in Israel, which is possible only in Israel? They went and gave flyers out in the uh, Pestigal, right? Mm. I think in Pestigal in Israel, you actually, you actually get in touch with something like 70% of the kids in Israel. Literally. Something yeah. like unbelievably crazy, right? You basically, in one week, you basically touch all the kids in Israel. That's amazing. Offline works really well. Case-by-case uh, situation, right? right. Um, I actually think that uh, we talk a lot about offline with our... Uh, mm-hmm. There are a lot of... Uh, but that's unique. No, but you know, um, when marketing goes to, um, goes to such high prices on Google and Facebook, you got to have alternatives. Um, TV, pro- programmatic TV and, you know, and off hours is something that could be very, very efficient, right? It's possible. It's doable. People do that, right? Um, I don't think it's that unique. I think it's something, it, in, in general, uh, I had a partner years ago. He would have said, I'm not religious. And I'm not religious either. I'm not religious about anything. I'm not religious mm-hmm. about using only this or only that. I think we, um, everything is on the table, and we got to just analyze what's working and yeah. what's not, right? And I think offline is definitely part of the marketing mix. I, I, no, I, I, I agree. What, uh, what I'm, I'm ask, saying is that oh, wait, what I'm saying is that it's not I, there in, 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 Isra- it's in Israel. <laughs> tech is online. Startups are online. In the U.S., they get the marketing and branding aspect. There's, it's so ingrained into who they are that they re- that I think they just they start with it. Yeah. You know, I, I got it. Do you know that um, some Israelis are, you know, some of the best hotels in Europe now are built by Israelis. Israelis understand brand. It's not true that Israelis don't understand brand, you know. We're, we're again. They we, don't lead. I, I think they didn't they don't lead, lead with, with the brand. Look, I, again, I, I think what we're trying to, you know, mm-hmm. we're kind of trying to summarize this discussion. I think what we're saying is that um, if you just come and you're saying, ah, I just do online marketing, Google, Facebook, that's it, yeah. it's just not good enough. Won't cut right. it, right? You got to have something special in your marketing mix. Right. And we want to look for people that are thoughtful or smart or unique about the way they think about their marketing mix, right? Right. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the, the... My question was going to be about how some companies in Israel build up their product here and they, do, they have their marketing abroad. And for me, I constantly see that as a, as a problem. I see that as a mistake. Because first of all, we're really, really good at acquisition marketing. And I think that uh, having this separation or deciding that you need to send it to America is kind of like, like it, you're disconnecting your product from your marketing at that point. You should have, you should be so close together that for, for example, I like to tell people that um, I've noticed a trend where a lot of CMOs are also in charge of product and in charge of sales. Where they actually have a big, they're just basically you just lifted the CMO a little bit higher, so you can have 
a better view at all the different yeah. things that are yeah. impacted by the marketing. So I wanted to ask if that's also an, if that's something that you know you agree with or disagree with, and and at the same time I was thinking about what you just said that we like if we had to sum up and I was like saying if we had to sum up, generally there is there's the data side which is very important. We acknowledge the fact that marketers nowadays need to be more tech savvy. They need to have some sort of understanding of data. Uh, but the gut feeling is still also very much needed. Like you need to have that that twist. You need to come with that different perspective, that creative side. Um, but yeah, anyways, I'll, I'll just go back to the question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I, again, I'm, I'm uh, you know, my partner's always, uh, you know, uh, they, they say that I, I lead too much with my gut. I'm, I'm a big believer in gut feeling. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that uh, um, uh, I think gut is what differentiates a lot of, you know, between uh, people in general, right? But it, it's, uh, um, it has to be the right, the right combination. Uh, regarding marketing in Israel or not, I, I think the best thing in the ideal world, you want to be in the market you're selling with your entire team. That's the ideal situation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now comes reality, and reality is that... Um, uh, where can you find the best marketing person, right? Um, the best marketing people, unfortunately, I don't think, I mean, uh, they are, but in, in general, the, the world-class marketers don't play in the Israeli market, right? They, they're not, right? They're if we would rate the top 100 marketers, if there was a league, the NBA of marketers, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not here, right? Um, unfortunately, we, again, we can't hire those, right? So I, I agree with you that um, um, it doesn't make sense to separate those, <laughs> Again, case by case. If the CEO is already in the U.S., right, mm. and uh, you know development is here, but the business organization is in the U.S., I think it's actually better to have the marketing next to the CEO. Interesting. Because okay. I think again, marketing like the, the is a broader critical. View over the yeah. Again, in 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 the best case scenario, you got the engineers in Israel, you got the product team, the marketing team. In the and the CEO in the U.S. right and there's some sort of a bridge that does that so the people in Israel develop something that is what they're you know what they need to develop and not something else right yeah uh, um, that's kind of I think the ideal unless you put everything in Israel which is fine right that's what you know Electrix is doing right so Pulse is an example uh, CEO um, product marketing um, led from the U.S. development in Israel. Light tricks everything in Israel, right? Um, two different approaches. Again, has pros and cons for each, right? Yeah. Interesting. I'm thinking again what what it means when you have it all in Israel is that you have to be a lot more data. You have to pull a lot of more insight out of your data. To yeah. Understand well, you have to work with what, like on your strengths. Like like if you're here and you have the Israeli mentality and you're not there enough, then you don't try and kind of fake your way into what do Americans think. You go with the data you have. Yeah, yeah. you have to work on strength. Um, uh, exactly, exactly. You got to work your your strength, and I think you got to be, you got to connect with your market all the time, right? And uh, and you know again, talk to your consumers, understand what they're doing, you know, uh, be there in front of them, and it's unbelievably insightful, right? And uh, yeah, we've had uh, we had. Uh, uh, friend from Waze here and she was saying the same she was saying that even to the point where when they're releasing a new feature they communicate it on their community and hear what people have to say immediately before they ever start coming out with the feature they say hey guys what do you think of this and I was like, "Wow, that's so fantastic to have such an access to your, your, you know, yeah. customers." By, by the way, I think talking to your customers is one of the most fun thing right. possible, right? Because usually, I mean, also your customers are not 
um, VCs from uh, Herzliya or you know right. uh, marketing guys from Tel Aviv or whatever it is. I mean, they're you know the yeah. average Joe in yeah. Kansas City, right? And so you talk and and you get really in, you know insightful about how how they use their product in different situation yeah. and so on. Um, and uh, um, again, I think we've seen it in all our companies, and it, it's one of the most I think fun part of the job, right? Right. Um, like um, I got it. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I got a meeting that. at twelve. Sorry. Okay, well, <laughs> no, no, because, because because my head is between going to really like even deep small details now, but I think we don't have the time for this. Unfortunately, uh, this is fun. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing information with us. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think this is I think this is one of the most insightful talks. And we I'm had moving about. to New York. Goodbye, everyone. No, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're all going to New York. Just make a say like just let's do it. Exactly. Let's do exactly. it. Exactly. I'll see you at the airport tonight. <laughs> yeah, like, what I what I hear, what I got from this conversation is that everybody pack your bags. No. Pack your bags. It's like, if no, you're not no, a developer, no, 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 no. no. The other way. Got, no, no, hold on. No, no. What we got out of this conversation no, is that it's so easy to build a consumer company. All you need to do is have unbelievable data and insightful marketing, and that's easy. Yeah. Of course it's easy. Go, go on uh, Sign up now for your free. We provide. Yeah. Um, that is, thank you so much for your time and insights. I think th- I think this was one of the best conversations we had about the overview on how startups going to think about their marketing or in the holistic way about their company. Because I think most of the conversations we have are very technical, are very specific per niche, like SEO or like how to do this. this. And this was the first one, I think, also the, from a from a VC standpoint, of like what would make your product exceptional or what, what well, I wouldn't say guaranteed success because nothing does, no. but it increases chances of success in, if this is how you look at things. And also, I think one of the biggest questions everybody says, like, what should I show a VC when I come into a meeting? And I never hear anybody say, like, really good marketing data. Mm-hmm. They usually come with, like, a go, build a go-to marketing strategy, which means nothing most yeah. of the time. Yeah, by the way, a lot of people ask, uh, we tell them, no, it's too early. And they say, okay, how many users do I need to come? Yeah. And I say, I don't know. How do I know? I mean, and first of all, one, what if I even would have said a number? What does that number mean, right? You're going to try the best you can anyway, right? So yeah. just, you know, first of all, come back in three months with whatever you've got, and let's understand. And two, it's always about understanding the underlying data versus the, just right. the top number. Can right? I tell you how the other need. side of that conversation looks like? As far as, like, those companies then come to agencies, say, the VC told us that if we get 200,000 users, but it's, this is what we need to get. This, this is like what we need to get to. Yeah, well, this is exactly why, why I think that answer is just this is the right yeah. answer, right? Because it focuses, instead, of, say, instead of saying build the right product. That's, yeah. what I, I, that's the, the, yeah. the whole point yeah. here. Yeah, point of excellence. Show it with data. Show it any way you need to. Yeah. Just show us no, point No, instead of going deep, right. understanding, improving your product, improving, you're going after a, like a vanity number. Which you can get there doesn't mean anything Any, about it. Uh, absolutely, Topingo was amazing in the fact that they had a couple campuses that they had unbelievable retention and usage, unbelievable numbers, mm-hmm. right? And their pitch to VCs was, look what I did in just two very, very small campuses. If I can now just give me money and I'll scale this to all the campuses in, in the US, right? right? That's an unbelievable and so the number of users overall was very small, right? right. But the pitch was okay. so strong, right? Because it was like condensed usage and un- un- unbe- unbelievable retention and a very very uh, closed economy. Right. Anyway, we're digging again to more stuff. No, Sorry. Right. <laughs> Danny, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank uh, you. If you're listening to the podcast enjoy, yeah, what? Yeah, just say bye. 
Just say bye. Yeah. No. I already made it pre-recorded. If you're listening, share, like, subscribe. This was so smart of you. So I, I can just say I'm bye and not give you instructions before yeah. you leave. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you just finished another episode of Strike Gold with Jonathan Cowden and Roy Bavarczyk. And if you're a marketer, you know what comes up next. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment. Share with a colleague. Share with a spouse. Share with your grandma. Um, check out the show notes yeah the show notes are great on season 2 right we boosted it to another level yeah it's more than show notes it's a love note to our podcast uh, interviewees and don't forget we love you love you a lot <laughs>